and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always become supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Obama! I don't even know if that's going to be in the... Yeah. Did you do it? Did you do a new drop? No, but I made oh, two last intro. week, and you're like, "Those are good." Now take it home with you. So those, those are those are good. Well, it was it was those are good. Take it home and fix them. <laughs> 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 no, they're Fair enough. They're good. Yeah. Today is Wednesday, January twenty fifth. This is episode one hundred forty one. I'm Dan Ellis. Yes, you are. <laughs> Matt is running the board because Ryan yeah, is not here. I'm attempting here. to. Ryan is doing stuff, more important things elsewhere. Ryan Ryan is apparently filming shit with Todd Bridges somewhere in Idaho. Who's that? Whoever that is. And you got you young fuckers, man. Nobody yeah. knows. So Matt is running the board. Yes, I am. And in studio with us tonight, we have Rebecca Sims. Hello. And Tamara Fox. Hi. They're going to tell us all about the fantastic, fabulous, wonderful, awesome, kick-ass. Splendiferous. It's the greatest. <laughs> Fancy, nifty, neato, Atheists of Utah winter gala that's coming up. Great Minds Gala. Right. Yeah. It's the Great Minds Gala. So I've heard gala, gala, gala. What is it? <clears throat> I don't know. super hoity-toity, it's gala. Pretty sure that's how that works. Yeah, I think I say gala most mm-hmm. of the time. And then every now and then you get a little hood and gala comes out and you're like, mm. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> felt really uncomfortable. They're going to they the gala. They prefer homola. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. Good to know. That's, in Trump's America, we can say homola because it's, gala. it's PC. Hey, We've got some good stories to talk about tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very disappointing things. I want to start off by talking about a law that was recently passed in Mississippi that the mm. governor signed into law today. No Mississippi's surprise. Mississippi, of all places, right? Go figure. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi. It was either going to be them or Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant signed into law a new bill that basically allows protection for people's sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions including the belief that marriage is only between a man and a woman and that sexual relations should only occur in such a marriage. It also says that a person's gender is determined by anatomy and genetics at time of birth. goes on to say that businesses can determine who is allowed to access bathrooms, dressing yeah. rooms, and locker rooms. I'm very troubled by things like this. We've, we've seen similar laws. They passed the one in North Carolina. I think there is one in Alabama that they passed recently as well. But I imagine that all of these will soon run afoul of lawsuits. The new law is called the Protecting Freedom of Conscious. Conscience. Conscience. Thank you. From Government Discrimination Act. Oh, God. 
It's a lot of words. He is the government. What is he talking about? <laughs> it's supposed to take effect on July 1st. I'm I'm very troubled by things like this because then it basically sets it up to where the government is the arbiter of what is both a sincerely held belief and what is a religion. More than that, it's state government. Yeah, it's not even at the federal level. Yeah. This is this is individual states. Yeah. So let's say that we're pick in, a state that we're that we're in the in the south, maybe Mississippi, where Utah's racism very south like is, is a is a big thing. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. West. I'm surprised at how many we have a twang even. I'm surprised at how many people fly a Confederate flag around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you? Well, I know you've seen him. Have mm. you guys seen the dipshit when his giant truck and the big fucking flags driving down the freeway? Oh, yeah. I have seen that dip- dipshit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but I don't know. Like Utah was never part of the Confederacy. Mm-mm. We're not a southern state. I don't think it was even a state. So states like North Carolina, they had the NCAA put a lot of pressure on them. I and the I, NBA I think, too, in fact. Yeah, and a lot of businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Apple, IBM, HP, a bunch of the tech businesses said, you know, we're we were planning on opening a business around here, providing a bunch of jobs and millions of dollars into the local economy. And now we're not because you're a bunch of bigoted fucks, and we don't want to hire people to come and work for our com- for work for our company in yeah. a state that is going to treat them like lesser people. So yeah. we'll take our business elsewhere. And Pat McCrory yeah. said, I don't care. We'll continue to split this $37. You can take those homos and trans people somewhere else. We don't really care. Mm-hmm. We're Because we get a bunch, <laughs> we get enough federal money anyway. Right. It's one of the biggest welfare states, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not long before Bryant signed the law into effect on Tuesday, PayPal... California-based online payments firm announced that it would abandon plans to expand to North Carolina due to the law. PayPal had planned to open a facility in Charlotte that state officials said would bring 400 jobs and millions of dollars to the local economy there. So, yeah, I mean, luckily we have a bunch of businesses who are standing up for this, but I think this is something that is going to have to go to the Supreme Court, and that is even more terrifying. Yep, knowing that Donald Trump is going to be able to pick Roy Moore. So, oh God, can you imagine? Yeah, I can. Do you think that? Who, I don't know. I bet he's on the short list. I bet he is. Do you guys know who Roy Moore is? No, Tamara, you got you got to think that Trump pretty much only knows his sister. Who's a judge somewhere in the country, right? And he knows her. And Mike Pence like he knows is probably her. got a fucking major hard on for Roy Moore. And he's getting, oh, Jesus. <laughs> in the biblical sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, you know, if it wasn't his sister, he'd probably be dating her. Yeah. But uh, Mike Pence, who influences, I think, a lot of his political decisions, especially early on, because Trump knows absolutely nothing, loves Roy Moore. I'm sure of it. Do you think he actually loves Roy Moore, Roy Moore, or he loves what Roy Moore and what he stands for could do for Donald Trump as far as stirring up the base of the ignorant conservative dipshits who support him, even though prior to running for president, it was pretty clear that he's not religious at all, mm-hmm. doesn't really give a flying fuck about any of that. Which is why I said Mike Pence. Now, I don't think Trump cares. Trump only knows his sister, as I said, but Mike Pence, who's going to be pulling a lot of the political strings early on because Trump doesn't know anything, is gonna got a major hard on for Roy Moore because they're one and the same, you know, and but he's actually a judge. So I think there's 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if his name's even been tossed around, but that's a, the fucking nightmare for me. So I was just like, that's probably going to happen. So for, for you, Rebecca and Tamron, and maybe our listeners out there who may not know, Roy Moore is the judge in Alabama who uh, had the Ten Commandments monument put. I think it was inside. It was on his lap. He just walked around with it the entire time. <laughs> but anyway, there was this giant fucking Ten Commandments monument erected in Alabama. And he was told that he had to get rid of it. He refused. Uh, people sued. He was actually removed from from his judgeship. He, he had his judge appointment removed from him and was later reelected as judge. And basically did the same thing. He he tried to get the monument put back up, and then he also sent out memos to people after the SCOTUS ruled on marriage equality, saying that it was now the law of the land. Roy Moore sent out a, a memo to court clerks saying that they didn't actually have to do that, and that basically he wasn't going to follow that law. So he was removed from his from the bench again. This time it's for good because there's a law in Alabama that you have to be below a certain age if you're running for public office. By the time he runs again, he'll be too old. So he's done as a judge, but or at least at the state level, but maybe... He's 69. Maybe they would pick him for SCOTUS. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a real piece of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah he is. Oh, yeah. He's a terrible fucking human being. Oh, yeah. Sounds like he's, just the person the for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we need Foghorn Leghorn on the fucking Supreme Court. That's what we need. Um, I think he's the one that said uh, something about Willis. Wasn't that right? Wasn't that that guy? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he was on he was on different strokes. Mm. You know that's all about I old people. I couldn't even think right? of the name of the show because I don't. <laughs> it's all about old people. Different strokes. Brutal. Jesus Christ. That was brutal. Never mind. That was brutal. <laughs> now I'm going to play crickets for myself. <laughs> Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. Hi, this is Justin Schieber, formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real A Theology, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. The God of the Gaps argument has always been used uh, uh, to provide a place for God. The idea is that if uh, science can't explain something, then maybe we need to reintroduce God. That's been historically the reason why people even talked about God. God was always an explanation for the things they didn't understand. Now, I don't claim that we understand everything, but we can we can give a plausible explanation for every question of this sort. Rather than the gaps increasing, as he was was urging, I, I claim that the gaps have pretty much disappeared. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. 
Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Folsom, California. I hear they got a prison there. Yeah. Pretty notorious prison. <laughs> Isn't that where Johnny Cash was? Pretty sure. Singing was, by? Was he ever in prison? He, he done sung from there. He did a concert he in prison. He sang in prison. Hmm. Not a fan. You don't like Johnny Cash? I don't like music, really, so. Hmm. You like he's, some music. He's way down, way down on the list. Hmm. Learning new things about you. <laughs> you thought you thought I was a Johnny Cash type of guy. I've, why not? Isn't everybody who doesn't who doesn't like Johnny Cash? Yeah. Um. Seriously, who doesn't bad. like Johnny Cash? People with taste. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. It's confessional night. <laughs> things are gonna come out. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Reports of a Confederate flag hanging in a Sutter Middle School classroom has some parents up in arms and a teacher on paid leave. CBS reports. It's a concerning allegation, and we understand that regardless of context for many people, including many in our school community, this is a piece of history and also an inflammatory racist symbol of hate, said Daniel Thigpen, a a spokesman for the Folsom Cordova Unified School District, which, of course, it is. Unified? Unified. It is, of course, unified. Mm. A racist symbol of hate Mm. is what I was referring to. I see. The relevant part of the last paragraph. Unified? Unified. Hmm. The flag was removed from the classroom, as was the teacher. The district says racism will not be tolerated. School officials told CBS Sacramento that this isn't the first time the teacher has been brought up on racist allegations. Parents said uh, they want to know the context of the lesson and why the flag was ever hanging in the first place. There are upsetting things that have uh, that have happened in our past. I would hope that he would teach them in a sensitive manner so that nobody is offended. But I do not think it's important that they be taught, says Melissa Moy, whose daughter is in the class. This is the second round of problems for this teacher in less than three months. He made a comment during a history lesson that was highly offensive to an eighth grader and his family. Ready? Ready? What was it? The teacher said equality, such as if you were to hang one black person, you would have to hang all black people because that's equality. What? What? Said Tyree McIntyre in an interview back and he in November. Wasn't fucking fired then, and he's still there. Oh my the god! The example upset their son, who was the only black student in their classroom. Oh, oh Jesus! Brutal. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Wow. So he's fourteen. Old enough that he knows. Oh, he the, knows. The yeah. teacher's really fucking up, but not old enough that he. Feels right. like he can say anything to him himself and sure. probably didn't even tell his parents about it right away. Man. Unless he's been primed by his parents to watch for that stuff. Hopefully. Yeah. If he's the only one, I imagine they've talked to him about it. But Hopefully. It's just it's interesting, too, because yeah. we always think of California as this sort of like this leftist bastion, you know, like the, the, yeah. it's this liberal like Hollywood and all the big cities and it's always votes blue. But, but they passed Prop 8. They they do yeah. a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, and there. the rural parts are still. Yeah, they, I was going to say there are a lot of rural parts of California that are super conservative. Uh, rural parts of anywhere are conservative. Yeah. Mm. Do you think so. it's just? Do you think that's just born of a lack of education, diversity, diversity? Yeah, understanding, exposure, exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lack of all the human stuff. Well, he was the only black kid in the class. Like, yeah. Obviously, so obviously, it's not. Like, yeah. 
That's yeah. a good point. Hmm. That's, that's not. Sad. That's not an urban school. That's sad. Well, I, I would hope that his parents would prime him for for recognizing something like that and and mm-hmm. to talk to them about it because, you know, occasionally I'll hear stories from my kids or somebody else's kids that, you know, oh yeah, when I was in school this happened or one night when we were out this happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't tell anybody? Like this is the first time hearing about it. One of the kids got pulled over one night. Uh, it was it was uh, Tracy's daughter Danica said that she was driving home from work one night, and this mall cop pulled her over outside the mall. Like she's on main main streets, not in the not in the mall parking lot, and a mall cop pulled her over and made up some bullshit excuse about why he pulled her over. And then started flirting with her and trying to hit on her. And I was like, that's not fucking cool at all, man. That's impersonating a police officer. Yeah, that's that dude should be fucking arrested himself because you can't fucking do that. Yeah. Also, red flags for. Oh, yeah. Other things, violent behavior. Stay the fuck away. Stalking, rape. Yeah. So I I like I was like, seriously, that fucking happened. And you pulled over and you rolled down the window and talked to this guy. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. You don't do that unless it's a real <laughs> yeah, but, officer. But what you is, don't fucking but pull how do you over. Know? Yeah, how what's she supposed to do? I mean, in your rear yeah. view, and you can't really tell. It's not her fault, you can't really. See but the side of the car. Yeah, I would have stopped. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah, but then when he pulls up to the your to your door, you know, when he rolls up to your door and says, "Hi, I'm Joe. I'm I'm Joe Mall security guy." You tell him to fuck off and yeah. bother somebody else. Did he say that? <laughs> I don't know. Or did he just say, give me your license and registration? Just crack your window open and like ask for their badge info and stuff like that. But like no one ever does that. Yeah. Oh, really? You're allowed to do that? See? (laughs) 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 Yeah. It's hard. But like you you hear stuff like that. And then like she didn't think anything of it and was just telling us kind of in passing later. And I was like, wait, what happened to you and why? And this, you were pulled over and this guy, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stuff that, like, she didn't even think was any big deal. And I'm like, no, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, I think also as a female, there's a lot of things that happen that you don't know are a big deal until at some point it just sort of comes up. And then everyone's freaking out. And you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah. I should, I should definitely watch for that in the future. <laughs> I almost died. Great. <laughs> Great. That Now, now I'm going to be terrified and be watching for that everywhere. But it's just common stuff. There's weird stuff that happens. And, and yeah. you're not taught to stand up for yourself or at least i wasn't i no. think it's more you're taught now. to go with the flow and just kind of yeah be cool yeah and pacify and that's how you escape most situations mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe it's just because i've been watching a lot of forensic files lately but to me that seems like that's dangerous behavior that's, that's how y'all get <laughs> it murdered. absolutely it is, is <laughs> yeah. but that's yeah. how girls are conditioned hmm. you're just brought up to not bother people yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Don't Not make a big waves. fuss. Yeah. yeah Don't exactly. rock the boat. Don't make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't question things. Yep. Because you're not a man. Pretty much. I mean. It wasn't that explicit. No. But that is definitely how I was raised. Yeah. Young women don't act like that. Exactly. Young women Be don't do this. They don't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. lady, yeah. You don't even talk loud. Mm-hmm. Except for me. Except Becca. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh too boisterously. <laughs> Don't have too much fun. Mm-hmm. Don't get drunk. Don't question people. 
Don't make yourself a spectacle. Were you raised? Don't a girl? be slutty. No. Yeah, you've got it down, Dan. <laughs> don't don't wear sleeveless things here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Got to cover your shoulders. It's mm. a big one. I mean, modest shoulders. is hottest. <laughs> shoulders are the best. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, were, well, we'll we'll talk more about your background in a little bit. I want to I want to hear like if you were raised in Utah, if you were LDS, were religious before. I'm assuming that you are both atheists since you are working on organizing the atheists of Utah. Great you minds. Correctly, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a new thing? Have you been out always atheist? Um, I considered myself an atheist since like my mid 20s or so. And before that, I was agnostic for a few years. I was raised Mormon until I was 19. Hmm. Yeah. You? Um, I left when I was about 23. Yeah. And I spent about a year doing the spiritual but not religious bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and and then after that I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. I'm an atheist. So And and you say left. So did you leave the LDS church as well? I did. Mm. Yep. Seems to be the thing here in Utah. Yeah. That if sure you're no does. longer religious, you are probably Everybody's formerly LDS. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All the cool kids anyway. All the cool kids. The second absence and this is probably the biggest one, the second absence is the absence of evidence for a God. If there were evidence for a God, we would have seen it tonight. It would have been on the table. Jerry would have said, here's the evidence for a God, not evidence against evolution. That's just a gap. This is New Name Noah, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So one of my favorite groups is Americans United for the separation of church and state. Segway! Uh, they, I, I read this earlier today. This was published out on their website. I'm trying to remember who posted it out on Facebook that I saw. This comes right from the Americans United for Separation of Church and State's website. Title of the article says, Ohio Duo's Bible-Based Defense Should Fail in Court. Many strange religious freedom arguments have been made in court cases over the years, and a recent case adds a more disturbing twist. Two alleged rapists and pedophiles in Ohio are attempting to use the Bible as their defense for serially raping a 13-year-old girl in captivity from 2012 to 2015. So 10 to 13 years old. Yeah. Hmm. And what makes it worse is that Mr. Timothy Saboro and his son Esten Saboro of Toledo, Ohio, are accused of raping Timothy's stepdaughter, who authorities said had been shackled and abused throughout the three-year period. She escaped while the Saboros were out of the house. She also allegedly sexually... I'm sorry, they also allegedly sexually assaulted the girl's younger sibling during that time frame. The allegations are horrendous, and the Soboros' attempt to use the Bible as their only defense is morally and legally wrong. Is it morally wrong, though? Uh, no, they're, they're trying to say that it's not according to their biblical <laughs> but, but worldview. What I, but what I'm saying is, according to the Bible, is it? I mean, do they have a case according to the Bible? Obviously, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And gross and disgusting. And I can't imagine horrible. that there's anything in the Bible that says it's okay to kidnap and rape a girl over three years. Your, or your any own period of time. I wouldn't be surprised. 
I mean, I don't think it's, it's I don't think it says it outright, but I mean, women are property. So if, if I'm, I, look, I, I'm but coming on the wrong like, side of well, this, we, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> look, this is terrible. This is terrible, terrible stuff. And there's no way they should ever win this. They should be put in jail for the rest of their lives. But, but biblically, I mean, this is an atheist show. I'm just like, well, I yeah, mean, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the Bible they is, want to use the Bible as part of their defense. And the Bible and is arguments pretty from the Bible fucking to, terrible. To present a case that, yeah, what they did isn't wrong. It probably doesn't have this exact specific no, example, not. but I think it has plenty of examples that they could use for precedent. Right. That, that, that in, in the way that, that women are treated as property and, and daughters, Especially, they should be sold off to whoever for fifty shekels or whatever it is, whatever the cost. Don't is. rape the angels; right. rape my daughters instead. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, so. and there's historical precedent for young girls, you know, like being women at ages of nine and above, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Right. So, yuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're trying to defend themselves in court and ask if they could bring the Bible to court to question witnesses because to them it's quote the only law book that truly matters. The Toledo Blade reported. Except it's not a law book. It's a story. <laughs> yeah, parenthetically, the... It is a law book in a sense. I mean, Leviticus and stuff, are, but those are the ancient... Biblical laws, sure. Ancient biblical laws yeah. of the Israel, the Hebrews, yeah. Uh, no bearing on law today. Uh, quote, there's a great deal of strategy in scripture, and I use those strategies in everything I do, said Esten Sibero. It's a vital part of everything I do. Hmm. While Lucas County Common Pleas Judge Linda Jennings said the two may bring a Bible during the trial, which started January 23rd, she properly denied their request to use the book to question witnesses. So they have a female judge? Mm-hmm. How interesting. Mm-hmm. She should be disqualified yeah. because she's a female. And Second Clearly Timothy. she's biased. Second Timothy. She can't do this work. She can't pass judgment on these men. Uh, it's the court's opinion that while the Bible is very important, it is not a law book in a court of law, Judge Jennings said. She made the right call. What the Bible, or any other religious book for that matter, says about sexual assault is hardly relevant, as our laws are not based on religious texts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If these two are found guilty by a jury, they'll have the, they'll have to pay the consequences regardless of what they think scripture says. But the Sibaros saw things differently. The Blade reported that during a November hearing, Esteban Sibero told Esteban Sibero, I keep wanting to say Esteban, <sighs> Esteban Sibero told Jennings that he doesn't trust lawyers to defend him and that he'd rather rest his legal defense on God. Go ahead, man. I would like him to do that, too. Absolutely. Please do so. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think I think it'd be interesting to see, because Ohio is a pretty religious state anyway and super conservative. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see how... I mean, of course, the no true Scotsman would come out immediately, but it would just be interesting to see how, you know, other Christians would look at this and be like, well, I mean, he is using the Bible, you know. Or would they be like, oh, wait, the Bible's super fucked up. No, of course not. No, of <laughs> no, course. No, they're, no, they're, they're, I mean, that. <laughs> these aren't true <laughs> Christians. Yeah that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing. Yeah, they're that's not true happen. Christians. He's He's not reading it in the proper context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the good, it's not the right translation. There's <laughs> yeah. just too many of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the quotes from Mister Sibero is: "The professionals built the Titanic, amateurs built the Ark." As oh. if. Yeah, that's a quote wow. from him. All right. Yeah, sure. We've we've never heard that one before. Uh, this isn't the first time people. Also, have... how is that even related to this in any way? 
because he wants to use the, the Bible. He wants to use he wants to use the Bible oh, the and lawyers. God yeah, as his yeah, defense yeah. instead of lawyers because right. lawyers are the, are the professionals. Right. Uh, this isn't the first time people have tried to use religion as a justification for crimes they've committed. We've previously wrote about an Indiana woman's attempt to use Indiana's religious freedom law to justify physically abusing her son. The court rightfully rejected this claim. In another case we covered, an Indiana man cited the same law to argue that paying state income taxes violated his religious freedom. Would these be Mike Pence's Indiana freedom law, uh, religious freedom laws? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what, I, I mean, that's- be the riffers of, of Mike Pence when he was governor of Indiana. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Who It makes the state the arbiter of what is a religion and what is a uh, sincerely held belief. Mm-hmm. Why Why can't I just start my own religion if I sincerely believe it? What, who is the state then to tell me that it's not really a religion or that I don't sincerely hold those beliefs? Be them whatever they may. You know, I, Isn't that I what could, the Satanic Temple did? Yeah. The, well, that's before you guys got here, Matt, when I, and Matt and I were talking, and I was like, that's, that's the perfect niche that the Satanic Temple fills is that they are a religion who then gets to exercise all of the privileges that these asshats are trying to write into their laws, and they do it sp- they do it specifically to benefit a particular brand of religion, right? They do it to benefit those of of the Christian faith, not thinking for a second that, hey, wait, somebody else could do this too. You know, a, a Muslim could say that they want to... Honor killings. Oh, uh, yeah, honor killings or or something even as simple as what we talked about last week with Salat, where they want to be able to pray five times a day mm-hmm. and their employer says, no, you can't fucking do that. You're destroying productivity. I'm not going to pay you to do that. Yeah, that's and a then lot they, of all prayers. They, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of Too prayers, it's a lot of problems for <laughs> an employer in the United States to then have to say, you know, I'm, I can't shut down the production line or I can't let you just take off whenever you want. To go and pray five fucking times a day, but now they're going to be able to use this as a defense and say, yeah. no, this is my sincerely held belief that I have to be able to do this. And you as an employer now, because of the laws that these Christians wrote and put into place, can't tell me that I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and it can even be tied into this story where now it's a sincerely held belief that you have to rape a 13 year old girl yeah. repeatedly. And yeah, or that or that. Not even, okay. that you, or that you're not even necessarily yeah. that you're allowed to. Yeah, not even necessarily that you have to, but just that it's okay. There's no problem with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My religion teaches that there's nothing wrong with this, so what the fuck is your problem with it? Yeah, yeah. what's the limit to the religious freedom? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What I mean, at what point then do they step in and say, okay, no, you can't do this? Right. And clearly they're going to do it for this case. Yeah. So the law is written just to maintain their control over gay people, over trans people, over mm-hmm. people that they disagree with on moral grounds, not for any other reason but to say that, ooh, you're gay and that's icky. Yep. Yeah. And so the, the, the thing is that it used to be the case. I mean, it still is for now. And the first seven minutes of Trump's presidency makes me wonder if that's going to last. But where wherever that those religious, you know, rules or permissions or whatever you want to call it, intersects with uh, the laws of the country, that's where that that's where that ends, right? But but these are just, these limits are constantly being challenged by these riffer laws and cases like this idiot mm-hmm. um, who should be in prison for the rest of his fucking life because he's a dangerous criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet they're just going to challenge the fringes of of settled law with all this religious freedom bullshit and try to continue to push that into who knows where. 
you know, mm. until, until, until what's illegal anymore? What's, what's permissible? I mean, it sounds like slippery slope, but we're, we're seeing it being impinged, you know, so. We're seeing them be, being able to skirt other laws. It's, it's legal now that gay people can be married in a court anywhere in the United States. But Mississippi's law in particular says mm. that even court clerks don't have to sign. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't have to actually do their fucking job mm -hmm. and provide licenses for these people unless there will be an undue burden on these people. If they, if there's no other way for them to get their license, then the clerk has to do it. But if there's anybody else available to do it within a reason, within a quote unquote reasonable right. amount of time, then they can just deny doing it right then and there. They don't have to do it themselves. And that's their fucking job. And how, how long, for how long will they leave that clause in there? You know, before they're just like, no, nope, nobody has to do this anymore. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And 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 after Trump puts Roy Moore on the Supreme Court, how long is it going to be before somebody goes to challenge Obergefell and that comes down too? And how would they feel about an atheist doctor who is working in the is working in the ER? I mean, they, so let me let me stop and, and start over again real quick here. So let's say they they're already defending people like pharmacists and doctors who. You know, doctors right. who don't want to, who don't want who to prescribe abortion, right. uh, abortion, not abortion pills, <laughs> birth control, <laughs> birth control, uh -huh. or pharmacists who don't want to have to fill a prescription, or doctors who don't even want to talk about anything to do with terminating mm -hmm. a pregnancy, uh, as as part of standard healthcare, right? Not not just, you know, like somebody that just it doesn't even matter why but i'm just saying even even as standard healthcare you know because birth control is for more than just uh terminating a pregnancy yeah or, a lot or, of women use it to help uh, moderate their hormones and and help smooth things out right uh to or make to, their or to, to make their pregnant. periods and their cramps not as bad or to get pregnant yeah there there are a lot of reasons to use to use these contraceptives but there are there are pharmacists and doctors who won't discuss it or don't want to discuss it based on their religion, and so they don't. So, and they're and they're perfectly fine with that. The Christians who write yeah. this law are like, no, that's who this was intended for. Somebody who doesn't want to violate their own personal conscience and moral values and religious beliefs. That's who we wrote this for is to protect those people. Okay, great. What if you have somebody who's an atheist and is just a giant asshole, doesn't fucking care about anybody or views people of religious faith as being subhuman or stupid mm. and that by the religious person's own beliefs, God will sort things out. So if you come into the ER and you need attention and you're religious, no, fuck you. I'm not going to help you out. Pray to your fucking God. Yeah. Yeah, and we've talked about this. Would he then be protected for not treating you at all? Is that considered a religious belief, though, since it's the absence of religion? Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know why they, why they, or how they could argue. I mean, that's why I say that's that's the state, and these people then become the arbiter. And who are they to decide mm -hmm. what is a sincerely held belief or what qualifies as a religion? I know we've talked about that with Ryan before too. You know, like what if he just was to decide when he gets a call for a fire, and he's like. Well, I don't know. Are they Christian? I might not want to put their house out. You know, like right. he doesn't do that. He just shows up, just yeah. does the same job for everybody. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think first amendment protections apply to atheists, at least to a certain extent. I don't know if it's to the same extent, but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, you it know, just... you're, they're writing these laws with the idea that they'll get to modify them so that it 
benefits them only. Well, like, of course. Well, yeah, and yeah, they were created to benefit them only in the first place. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they wrote them specifically to get around other laws that respect the civil rights and basic humanity of other people. Right, left left policies. It's it's. I want to still be able to be a fucking bigot and have legal protection for being a fucking bigot. Mm-hmm. And and I want to be able to yell at you for calling me a bigot. Right, because that's not what I am. That's you're a bigot for calling me a bigot. I'm not a bigot. God tells me that I have to hate you. Yeah, God's the bigot, not me. I'm just doing what he says. <laughs> I'm just doing what the man upstairs thinks is right. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you got a problem, take it up with him. Yeah, I fucking will. <laughs> <laughs> What also floats in water? Braid! Apples! Uh, very small rocks! Hey everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist... A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. This is Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. This all kind of made me very nostalgic. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine on Facebook posted this. I think it was actually Stu DeHaan, one of the chapter heads for the Arizona chapter of the Satanic Temple. Uh, this comes to us from Mental Floss. It was The Devil Made Them Do It, Eight Examples of Satanic Panic in the 80s. Did you know that the Smurfs are evil and satanic? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Well, duh. They're blue. <laughs> <laughs> that makes them satanic? I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Okay. Uh, number one on the list is Thundercats and the Smurfs. In 1986, author Phil Phillips published Turmoil in the Toy Box, a book detailing how Masters of the Universe and other popular car cartoons of the era were endorsing pagan practices through coaxial cables. With Pastor Gary Greenwald, Phillips also shot a video that elaborated on his theories. Quote, the question is, is there a well-organized plot, an insidious design right now, to program and influence the minds of our children toward the occult and witchcraft? And oh, of course, why? he didn't follow up that follow that up with, or is it just a fucking cartoon that kids mm-hmm. like to watch? Yeah. <laughs> Of course, this question was was rhetorical, as the two explained that the Thundercats was inspired by heathen gods, that E.T. died and was resurrected again, and could therefore be confused with Christian figures, (sighs) and that there are things we need to look at concerning the Smurfs, because the characters are blue with black lips. They were depicted as dead creatures. And of course, there's only one female Smurf. Where did all the other Smurfs come from? <laughs> I think they just clone. Reverse poly- polygamy. Yeah, they, they Smurfed a lot. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Collectively, Saturday morning cartoons would teach children to get into spells and witchcraft. The two concluded their video essay by pointing out that Rainbow Bright had a pentagram on her cheek. Uh. 
Wasn't that a you star? You mean a star? <laughs> but oh was it upside God. down? I don't know. <laughs> uh, there was... But to their point, we watched that and we're all atheists now. So oh, maybe they're onto something. Point. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thundercats led me straight down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I personally am a supporter of the Satanic Temple. So maybe I was wholly influenced and just didn't have any idea. And you kind of you you do have like a reverse lion mane going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the orange hair is coming out the bottom of your head. <laughs> thunder! Thunder! Thundercats! Oh! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you weren't going to do the ho. I was going to be really upset. <laughs> I always do the ho. <laughs> Ask Tracy. She'll tell you. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, number two on the list in December 1985 18 year old Raymond Belknap and 20 year old James Vance ended a long night of drinking by committing to a suicide pact Belknap shot and killed himself Vance attempted to do the same but wound up surviving with grievous and permanent disfiguring injury the shotgun blast oh jeez both men had been fans of the rock band Judas Priest who had been reputed to have recorded subliminal messages in their music Vance's parents decided to sue the band and CBS Records for $6.2 million in damages, alleging phrases like do it and let's be dead were being delivered to Vance's subconscious. When the case went to a civil trial in 1990, audio engineers played the group's music backward and forward at varying speeds in an attempt to discern whether or not there were any hidden urgings for listeners to kill themselves. Ultimately, a judge ruled there were no messages in the music. Speaking to Rolling Stone in 2015, lead singer Rob Halford expressed both relief and disappointment in the tragic circumstances. Quote, Had the judge found in favor about the so-called subliminal messages having the power to physically manifest themselves and make people to, and make people to do something, the ramifications of that would have been extraordinary, he said. How do you prove to somebody that there are not subliminal messages on your record when you can't hear them in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> It's an excellent question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of harkens back to like Salem witch trials, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, she did this to me, but I got better. Or yeah. she she made me want to do something. I can't prove it, but clearly she's a witch and we need to burn her at the stake. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dungeons and Dragons was satanic. Oh, for sure. <laughs> because there's nothing more sinister than... Pretending to slay dragons while rolling multi-sided die in your mother's basement. That's one step away from baby eating. (laughs) (laughs) Pampers diapers. This is the one that I can remember people talking about a lot. Not necessarily just Pampers diapers, but number four on the list is that in 1985, Procter & Gamble found itself in the unusual position of having to hold a press conference to deny that they were funding the satanic church. Since 1982, the company had been the target of anonymous accusations claiming their logo, a man in the moon surrounded by 13 stars, was secretly the mark of the devil. So many calls poured into the distributor of ivory soap, pampers, diapers, and other household toiletries that they were forced to set up a toll-free number to refute allegations that they were beholden to the Church of Satan. As for the stars, when the company was formed in 1882, they were intended to represent the original 13 colonies. It was a patriotic symbol. And people twisted that into being satanic because it was Satan looking over his 13 apostles. 
Well, it was a hundred years later, too. Oh, my God. The rumors ultimately prompted Procter & Gamble to remove the symbol from its packaging. But I can remember uh, when I was a kid going to my grandma's house and them pulling out a bunch of different stuff. Oh, look, and this is from Procter & Gamble, and this and this. And I heard on the news or somebody told me that, look at this symbol. Look, see, that's Satan and, and the stars around that. That's his 13 apostles. This is This is a hidden satanic message in this. I remember my grandparents talking about this with my aunts and uncles and nieces or and my cousins. So if you had if you had this grand scheme and plot, would you stamp your fucking thing right on the front of it? Like Ted Kaczynski putting his name right on all of his bombs like before like nobody does that. Why would Satan be that stupid? He's obviously at least as powerful as God. But it's a hidden and secret message. But we it's just, not. We just figured it's it out because we're fucking smart. idiot Christians figured it out. Exactly. <laughs> we're no, we're not idiots. We're we're smart. We we figured out their secret. But it plot. took them a hundred years to it figure took it out. Hundred years. <laughs> so it was a good one. Yeah. Hundred years. So it was a super secret special plot that those Christians, <laughs> those wily Christians, figured out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Number five was the McMartin preschool scandal. Oh God. Yeah, this is bad. In one of the most sensationalized criminal trials of the 20th century, employees of the McMartin Preschool near Los Angeles stood accused of improper behavior and, mol and molestation of their students. After one three-year-old's mother grew convinced her son had been subject to abuse, several more children came forward. Some of the accounts included details of ritualistic animal slaughter, leading investigators to believe the school had become the epicenter of an occult organization. After a six-year trial, the longest in American history... No one was convicted. A post-mortem of the investigation revealed several children had been subject to coercive interviews with law enforcement, where they sit you down and they say, so we know that Satan has harmed you. Mm -hmm. Tell us how Satan has harmed you. Tell us how Satan acting through your teacher or your friends or your parents has harmed you because Satan is bad. Okay. Well, it's like, this is what your classmate said happened. Did that happen to you too? And so you're suggesting all of these other things and they're right. like, yeah, that's totally what happened. Oh, it happened to Tommy. Fuck. I'm as cool as Tommy. That happened to me too. <laughs> totally. Uh, there, there's talk of Mr. Ed as number six that in the opening theme song, where it's, a horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, unless, of course, that the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. But part of that, they believed, contained hidden satanic messages as well. Hmm. Number seven on the list is child sacrifice on Halloween. In 1989, parents in North Carolina were reluctant to send their children out for Halloween candy on the heels of rumors that Satanists planned to abduct and murder them in a ritual sacrifice. That's every year, though. I don't... <laughs> More than 500 calls flooded area police stations in Raleigh after word spread that blonde boys from the ages of two to five were the devil worshippers' preferred targets. Oh, God. <laughs> Mothers indicated they were considering dyeing their son's hair to avoid <laughs> catastrophe. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> Satan can't tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that devil's wily. He'll put secret messages on packages yeah. for 100 years. <laughs> But they dye them all red so that, that Satan wouldn't If take we them. dye our kids' hair, <laughs> they'll never know. Police <laughs> never be taken for Nobody wants red hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, damn. They don't have a soul anyway. So next. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Fucking gingers. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, police never found evidence of the plot. Number eight and the last on their list is our friend 
the mustachioed Lothario, <laughs> none other than Geraldo Rivera. Mm-hmm. Just his name is fucking sexy, right? I am Geraldo <laughs> Rivera. God. It's not as sexy it's, as Lionel. If I didn't know who he was, then yeah. <laughs> so at the height of the, of the satanic hysteria, uh, he was a broadcast journalist and compiled a two-hour special for NBC that purported to detail the lurid mission of devil worshippers. It was devil worship, exposing Satan's underground, and posited that a secret cabal of Satanists numbering in excess of one million (laughs) were responsible for messages in heavy metal and inspiring the behavior of cult leaders like Charles Manson. Quote, The majority of them are linked in a highly organized, very secretive network, Rivera intoned, from small towns to large cities. They have attracted police and FBI attention to their satanic ritual child abuse, child pornography, and grisly satanic murders. The odds are that this is happening in your town. (laughs) Scary. Spooky music at the end. I don't think he understands what the word odds means. (laughs) Or heavy metal, because Charles Manson was inspired by the Beatles. With a million people. (laughs) He was. Helter Skelter, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, Are are the Beatles heavy metal to Geraldo? Mm. Oh, yeah, probably. Anything harder than the Carpenters, really. <laughs> he, just, he just likes Big Band. <laughs> uh, the special aired in primetime to stellar ratings, grabbing the attention of nearly 20 million homes, although advertisers were reluctant to buy commercial spots. While Rivera presented a compelling case for concern, the mass media took care to note that the special didn't come from NBC News programmers. It was a product of the network's entertainment division instead. Hmm. Not real news. It was fake news. It was fake news. Just it like was CNN. fake news at the time. <laughs> Satan is real, but he's not going to be abducting your children. How many viewers actually paid attention to the this isn't real news caveat? Though? Nobody. Did they even post that? Did they say anything about that? Or Well, the mass media took care to note that the special didn't come from oh, the news programmers. Okay. Yeah, but there's that whole effect where they say, this didn't happen, and everyone hears, this did happen, so. Yeah. Yeah, well. Which is shitty. And it comes from Geraldo Rivera, who at the time was a broadcast journalist, right? He's not. Yeah. It's not like he was a game show host or something, some shit like that. He he was a journalist, and he's presenting this with credentials as a journalist. Like if Nabisco made dog treats and they called them not Oreos. Yeah, <laughs> and people would be like, "Oh, oh, know. clearly." It's I guarantee most fantastic. people would buy those by accident and try to eat them. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> is, that, is that is that a good <laughs> enough analogy? Does that one work? Is that... mm, that's better. closer. Yeah, better. that's a better okay. analogy. We were talking pre-show about no, no, no. Don't bring it up. I'm just, I was just, I just want to make everybody sure. in the dark. We're okay. practicing <laughs> our analogies tonight. We'll yeah. just leave it there. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! We all know there is a cure for poverty. It's a rudimentary one. It does work, though. It works everywhere for the same reason. It's colloquially called the empowerment of women. It's the only thing that does work. If you allow women control over, some control over their cycle of reproduction, so that they're not chained by their husbands or by village custom to annual animal type pregnancies, early death, disease, and so on. If you will free them from that, give them some basic uh, health of that sort, 
and if you're generous enough to throw in perhaps a handful of seeds and a bit of credit, the whole floor, culturally, socially, medically, uh, economic of that village will rise. It works every time. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. The reason that we brought you two lovely ladies into the studio mm-hmm. with us this evening is to tell us all about the Great Minds Gala and what you've done to organize it, prepare what's going to happen, because you guys are the brains behind it and <laughs> and have helped atheists of Utah put this all together. And so tell us a little bit about the gala. What? Uh, who? Who's going to be there? What are prices? When is it? All right. Well, it is February twenty fifth. Uh huh. It's a Saturday. Uh huh. Everyone is going to be there. Everyone. Oh, the oh cool my god. Kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone who's anyone really. Um. And it's what six o'clock is when the doors open. We'll have dinner around seven. seven. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh. There's going to be drinks. There'll be dancing. There'll be entertainment. Alcoholic drinks. Of course. Okay, okay well, then I'm there. That's all you had to say. <laughs> what other kind of drinks are there? Yeah. Uh, stuff Mormons drink. I don't know. <laughs> That's not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, there'll be a silent auction, um, and all the money that we raise is going to go to Atheists of Utah. To help benefit that wonderful organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is pretty wonderful. Help them do amazing, awesome things. I mean, wh- what, do they, what do they do with the money? Do you know? Well, uh, why don't you tell us more about that, Dan, (laughs) since you're on the board and all. So Atheist of Utah does tons of awesome things with the money. First, it allows us to serve our members and provide a bunch of awesome and fun opportunities for them. It lets us buy supplies to do things like our uh, monthly Good Without God events where, you know, we've adopted a section of State Street. We'll go out and clean the highway. Will we go and clean... Uh, and do gardening in different areas of the state. We uh, volunteer at the Homeless Youth Resource Center to help them sort through food and food, uh, sort through food and clothing donations. Uh, help. We helped clean out their stock room one day that was a whole lot more work than I think many of us thought was going to happen. <laughs> but it's so, so in buying supplies for that, you know, in, in making sure that people have water that we get, uh, Garbage bags and sunscreen for people if we're out cleaning the, if we're out cleaning the side of the road. Uh, it helps provide, uh, funds for purchasing food at different events. We do quarterly parties. So we do, uh, winter and summer solstice and, uh, spring and fall equinox parties. And, you know, we buy a bunch of food for people. We've got to rent out a, a location or venue a lot of the time decorations, plates, cups, naps, napkins, all of the simple stuff that not many people even really think about that you've got to pay for behind the scenes. We donate money to other nonprofit organizations. Last year, we donated more than $3,500, $3,500 to Planned Parenthood. This year, we're talking about doing a uh, matching donation with a member of the organization who's contacted us who wanted to do who wanted to do something like that where during during part of the silent auction, besides having uh, items that you can bid on and go home with, that it would be a good idea maybe to offer up a challenge 
a challenge donation where somebody will put up X amount of money and say all donations up to this amount, I will match with an equal donation to another organization and whatever comes in as a match can go to Atheist of Utah. So this person has chosen uh, Planned Parenthood again to be the recipient of their matching donation, and then the other proceeds would go to Atheist of Utah. I love this idea. I'm so stoked about it. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, I, you, I thought it was awesome. You can benefit awesome. two organizations idea. with one shot. Absolutely. It's amazing. Uh, so doing things like that, we've donated to uh, T of Utah, the Transgender Education Advocates. Uh, we donated to the Homeless Youth Resource Center. Uh, it helps us. Sponsor different events like participating in the Pride Parade and Festival, you know, helps pay for our parade entries and uh, space on festival grounds, helps pay for the the things like the tents that we have to use on the grounds and the tables and the cloths and the different display things that we have to get to put out our merchandise and chairs to sit on while we're doing that. You know, there, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that we have to pay for as an organization. And these are just things that people can see, but not even really notice. Then there are all of the administrative costs of, you know, having to have a mailbox that you pay for every month so that you can receive actual snail mail from people and donations from people, uh, from other organizations. Um, you know, websites. Yeah, paying for paying for websites, paying for people to help us uh, do work for other things, purchasing shirts f- for when we do uh, the Pride Parade and Festival, purchasing merchandise t- to later sell. You know, all of this costs money, and it's it's really hard to get money out of people that were formerly religious, especially here in the state of Utah, where they're where they're told that they have to donate 10% of their income as part of their religious belief and, and practice. And so they leave the religion and they're like, fuck yeah, as a 10% raise. And why was I so stupid for that for all of those years, donating all of that money? Look at how much money I put into this horrible organization. I'm not doing that ever again. I'm not donating to anybody, especially, especially something that could be, you know, then, then people will say, well, it's just like another religion. You're still giving money, giving yeah. money to some organization. So sometimes it's really hard to get money out of people for stuff like that. But yeah. we do a lot of great work. And the board, I mean, we have very little expenses. We try to keep our expenses as, as minimal as possible. We None of the board members are paid. The things that we have to spend money on personally to be members of a board of volunteers to do things for other people, we're not even reimbursed for, right? We all pay for our tickets to go to the gala. We pay for gas wherever we travel. We pay for our food whenever we have to do meetings. I have to pay for all of the printing supplies when we print out agendas and ink and, you know, all of the stuff that we have to spend money on personally that we're not even reimbursed for just so that we can put as much of the funds back into the community and to our membership as as possible. I think we do a lot to make the dollars go as far as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. In fact, one of the main reasons I got involved on this committee is because I've seen so much work going into having our community influence and work on other communities and work for things that people believe in. And I have really enjoyed that aspect that we're kind of shifting and putting more efforts into that direction. And it made me want to get involved and be able to help raise money for those efforts because I think it's really important. I think it's awesome that you get that. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It's, It's so hard to get people to understand that, you know, we're, we're not doing this because we're trying to make 
you know, it's not because that the people who are volunteers on the board for Atheists of Utah are trying to make money doing this at all. We, we don't, we don't get paid. We, I mean, shit, I can't tell you how much money I've personally spent over the years just being on the board and trying to do things to support the board and making donations of, you know, materials and time and things, things for the gala, things to auction off later, things that I've bought and, and donated to the group as to be used elsewhere, you know? So it's, it's not for personal enrichment and it's certainly not because, you know, there, there's a huge amount of people who regularly thank you for your efforts. Generally you get <laughs> shit on for it. So, um, it's, it's something that I like to do to try get, try to give back to the community. It's, it's that I want to help build a community and build a, build a source of support for the people that have been abandoned and ostracized from the religion and the family and the friends that they've left behind when they lost their belief in an invisible bully in the sky. And I think that's really important. So it's, but it's, it's difficult sometimes. So I think it's awesome and fantastic that you've recognized that and are doing your best to help us help other people as well. So there, the money's going for all of that grand and wonderful <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's part of the silent auction. So dinner's at seven. What's on the menu? Ooh, Becca. So um, we are. I'm, I'm the fat guy, so I'm asking <laughs> about drinks and food. <laughs> well, uh, it's not finalized yet exactly what we're having, but the caterers are called um, Olive and Time. They are Iraqi sisters, and we found them through the Spice Kitchen Incubator, which is a really cool thing. They um, they Spice Kitchen Incubator. Yeah, like they take a kit, they take a newborn kitchen and put it in there until it can live on its own. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so they work with refugees and they work with um, like uh, disadvantaged community members, anybody who's interested in in uh, creating a food related business, and so. They put them through this whole program that helps them develop their business plan and just get everything set up. And then they, they start them out with catering. Uh, and so they get experience, they get their menu set, and then eventually they have them out on their own as their own separate business. Um, so, uh, yeah, they have, um, That sounds like that'd be a, a really rewarding place to work, like yeah. to, to help other people get set up to do their own thing. Yeah. It's a really cool program and it's all free to the entrepreneurs. Oh, wow. And so they get all of this mentoring and just all these resources and get them up uh, operating, which is really cool. Uh, and they work with a lot of refugees, like I said, and so they've got, they've got food from all over the world. Um, and we chose, we chose these sisters from Iraq that um, they have great reviews. I'm really excited to, to try their food. It's going to be awesome. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, dinner's at seven. What have we got by way of entertainment? Mm, so entertainment, we are still finalizing all of it, but the things that we have on tap. There's already, more than one thing. Oh God, <laughs> yes. There's going to be as many things as I can pack into a 30 minute segment because <laughs> we do want to get to some dancing. Dancing is incredibly important. Absolutely. Um, and I hear that our DJ is going to have some 80s music, which makes me super happy. So I'm stoked <laughs> oh, about nice. that. Oh yeah. Um, Flock of seagulls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we talked about them last week. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
one of the things I'm really excited to have for the entertainment is a an acro duo. So an acrobatic duo, um, Nancy Carter and Dustin Webb, and they do a performance of acrobatic stunts and feats. And we're going to have two acts from them. I'm really stoked to see that. Cool. It's going to be good. Um, we also wow. are going to have a belly dancing performance by Anna West and her rubber room performers. Rubber Room That's Performers. I know. Isn't that a great name? <laughs> Anna West and the Rubber Room Performers. <laughs> so we're going to have that. She teaches um, belly dance at Slick. Um, and they do a, a fusion tribal style. So if I have that right. Um, so that should be fantastic. We're also going to have uh, a body painter for the evening. She's going to paint a nebula on our model um, throughout the evening, so you get to see the progress Ooh. and all of the technique that goes into it, like a like a like a naked human body, a mostly naked human, applying, yes, applying some sort yeah. of colored stuff to. We still need a model, Dan. Do you want to volunteer? Yeah, yeah. we're still looking. The tapestry is too big; it would take too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't have a model for it. We yet? don't. We oh. need one still. So if anyone wants to reach out, that okay. would be fantastic. We need some models. Okay. Um. And and, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing on the twenty fifth, Matt? <laughs> Me? Show us the goods, Matt. <laughs> Maybe we can talk Ryan into doing it. Ryan will do it. He likes to be. If you could get, if he could hold a bottle of Jack oh. in front of his junk, I'm sure we could talk Ryan into doing it. Well, it's a, it's just a waist a up type of situation. <laughs> <laughs> but they, he can he can wear something. On the bottom, yeah, it's a waist up. Oh, okay. Um, is is what we decided to go with because full body takes too, too long. So, so. yeah, he'll right. still have to shave. Apparently, like even the yeah. peach fuzz will oh, really? mess up the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even like a female would have to shave all the peach fuzz off. Huh. So, yeah, you learn all kinds of cool things when you get in charge of See, entertainment. And that would be that's yeah. just one more reason why it wouldn't be a good idea for me to do it because. <laughs> I Take way too long. Uh, too much. Very wooly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I have more than a little bit of peach fuzz. To clip the beard back, too. Yeah, the, yeah, but I mean, come on, man! Look at this. I'm a, I'm a walking You're like an albino Robin Williams. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're still alive. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God. So, so acrobats, a body painter. Uh, belly dancers. Yes, we'll also have a photo booth. Um, Tanya and Ken Van Moren. Am I getting that right? Van Morem. Morem. Van Morem. I love those guys. That's a cool last name. Um, so yeah, they're going to be doing a photo booth and we will have Corbin Anderson is our DJ for the evening. So we already have good things and there's more things that will be revealed. That was at least five things. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be fantastic. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fit all of this into such a short amount of time? You'll Magic, have to be there much. to find out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really so. Five different things. That what time does the gala close? What midnight? Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have the after party starting at nine thirty. Well, the after party officially starts at nine. Nine. Yeah, because the after party people get to come and participate in all the entertainment um so they get to come if they want to at nine o'clock and see all the entertainment Nine thirty is when the dancing will start mm. um, and then the silent auction will close at ten thirty. so the um, anyone who comes to the after party can still have access to uh bidding on the silent auction and they're going to want to because there's some 
fucking amazing things in the silent auction. I can tell you that two people are donating some really cool things. What? So what? I know what I'm donating and what Tracy's mm-hmm. donating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them are very cool. How? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> Wait, Dan, I haven't actually. This this is a little a bone of contention here for me because yeah. I haven't actually heard what you're donating and I'm in charge of this and I'm a little bit peeved. Well, I'm keeping you in the dark because it's all big surprise. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. Oh, great. It's going to be a big surprise. We're meeting Super Sunday surprise. and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you more. Okay. Fine. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I have a f- at least a couple things in mind that I that I'm going to do, and well, you know what Trace is doing, so yes, I do. What are what are other things that are going to be in the silent auction? So there's some really awesome um, donations that we've gotten from some new donors this year. Um, new donors, new donors, <laughs> really fantastic. So. Um, one of the first ones to get on board was Hotel Monaco in Bambara. It's a really a great, really place. luxurious yeah. hotel across from Capitol Theater. It's a Kimpton Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yep, super nice. Bambara is the restaurant below it, so they've donated a, a luxurious night stay with dinner for two. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And Bambara is a fantastic restaurant. They source a lot of they're really nice. They source a lot of their um, ingredients locally. In fact, I think most. All of them, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. compost, and they have gardens and everything. So mm. they're a really fantastic company. Gardens, compost, compost, gardens. You can see where my focus is on things. <laughs> and it's a pet-friendly hotel. And if you don't have a mm. pet, they'll give you a goldfish. What? I did not know that. It's pretty awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You you have no small animals with you. Please take one. <laughs> um another thing that I'm really excited for um in the silent auction is from Mountain Town um Olive Oil Company. Um I don't know if you know them. They have a store in Park City as well as at the Gateway and they have It's probably why they're called Mountain Town. Mm, it <laughs> might be. Mm-hmm. Thinking. Um, and they have really, really delicious flavored oils and um, vinegars and spices and all of it's uh, local. They are donating a tasting for up to 20 people. And it has included in it appetizers and drinks. And those drinks can be alcoholic. So that one's kind of a cool experiential thing, I thought. Um, So that one's going to be in the silent auction. There's also um, City Creek um, has donated a... Like City Creek Mall? Yes. The thing owned by the the LDS Church? Yes, the the fucking Mormons. (laughs) 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 I should probably not say that about our sponsor. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I love... That they have donated something. I love the fucking Super (laughs) fantastic. Um, But they have donated a membership to City Creek, which basically is free parking for a year, um, including some valet parking. Um, And that one is kind of cool, especially if you work downtown or if you want to go down for events and things like that. Um, It's super central. So that one is is a a cool one. Um, And then uh, another thing, and I full disclosure on this one, my brother owns this company. And I'm so, so pleased that he decided to donate, but he owns a company (laughs) called Train Walk Poop. 
and he has services for. I hope it's not a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I hope it's not a locomotive place. Where <laughs> any other guesses? Any I other mean, guesses? You get on the train and you walk and you poop. Yeah. There you go. I was just I was just picturing Chinese guy walking poop like in the back. Like, sounds amazing. No, 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 in the walk. In oh, the walk. In the walk. Yeah. Yeah. W O K. Got yeah, it. I got, got it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, this would be yeah, W A L K. Right. So dogs. Right. It's yeah. a training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he trains um, dogs, does dog walking. He do, also does boarding um, and uh, d- doggy daycare. Um, and he just has a, a really, really fantastic rapport with dogs. Um, and so he's donated some training as well as a leash and some dog things. And it's it's a pretty good package. I'm just going to say, you know, so if you go to bid him on it, that one. <laughs> so if you go to him, it's okay to walk your dog. Mm, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As opposed to say like a Chinese restaurant. They're like, maybe mm, not so much. No. No. Mmm, <laughs> mm, dog. Yeah. So you, tw- <laughs> so you twisted, you twisted your brother's arm and got him to donate some stuff. I, That's awesome. I did, and he was totally pleasant about it too. <laughs> How generous. So yeah, yeah. So that that was fantastic. We also have a lot of things donated by members. So Kevin Newman has donated a um, stained glass picture well i guess it's a window um that says atheist of utah i don't know if anyone's seen that guy (laughs) he's been on the show yeah i think you know him yeah yeah (laughs) so that one i think um he posted a a picture of that on the event page so people can check that out there but it's really beautiful um and then we have um, Brittany Bellows. Last year, she donated some artwork. She's a soulless ginger. <laughs> but she can and paint. She's she one of has, those people. She's decided to do that again. So we're excited to see what she awesome. Has she for does. That. She does really great watercolors. And then um, Holly Hoops has donated, and I really love it. It just showed up in the mail. A boob beanie. She knitted or and or crocheted. I don't I don't know which I can't tell the difference between the stitches. I am not crafty. Um but I she, am not crafty. <laughs> sorry about well, that. I don't make crafts, but I'm crafty. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Um but yeah, so a boob beanie and it is pretty fantastic. The nipple is on the top. I really like it. <laughs> that's um, awesome. So that one's pretty cool. Um and then yeah, we have Tracy's Death Star basket that I'm so stoked to see what she comes I don't know with. how she she she's she likes to buy shit, and she has bought so much stuff, I don't know what basket she thinks any of it is going to fit into. <laughs> it baskets, will be a giant basket. Death Star-sized basket. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to have to be that, the, that, it's, that it's a giant, giant basket, or two baskets, or some kind of Russian Death Star nesting thing <laughs> where... You have a big Death Star and then open it and there are just more things in each successive opening of another Death Star. Cause <laughs> that sounds incredible. It's fucking, uh, yeah. Like, it covered half of the table upstairs. I don't, I don't know how she's going to okay. put it in, wow. in a basket. So. <laughs> okay, so half a table just, bit on that. just for Tracy's yeah, basket. Yeah, just for okay. the one basket. Sounds so. good. Good to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need some yeah. space is what I'm saying for the Zion auction. Mm. Yeah. So we have 
all that plus a ton more stuff that's coming through. Um, Ogden's own donated again. Thanksgiving Point donated again. Ballet West donated again. So we have a lot of things that are we're really excited about. We got Dr. Volts and the Nerd Store are both donating as Ooh. in kind of competition with each other. So <laughs> we'll nice. see how that goes. Um, and then um, one of our biggest sponsors this year is actually our venue. And so Becca... I think can share more info about church and state. Mm-hmm. So yeah, church and state um, w- is another business incubator. We are going with the incubators this year, guys. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We're supporting local entrepreneurs. See, we can donate to Planned Parenthood that gives abortions and these other people that incubate things. <laughs> <laughs> Both sides. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, church and state, they are, they're at the corner of fourth South and fourth East right across from the library there. And it's an old, church so you probably have seen it driving past on fourth south they used to have that that little billboard thing that would have like the churchy puns now it's a herbert billboard yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but it's a really cool it's like an old church one whole wall is stained glass um and we're going to be in like the chapel so that's where the main event is going to be and then our dance floor with the dj is going to be downstairs um and so and church and state is actually they reduced the um the the fees and so they're to, acting as to our rent sponsor. down the venue. Mm-hmm. Well, that was awfully nice of them. It was, yeah. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about what they do. Um, and they are a no strings attached um business incubator. So they're a nonprofit five hundred one c three, and they offer free space and resources to um entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, um. You just have to apply and, and they have to, you know, buy into it and then accept you to their entre or their incubator program. And it's the same thing as the Spice Kitchen. They give you mentorship. So it's like Shark Tank? Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know either. I never fucking watched Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Shark Tank. Yeah. Probably so, not. And most incubators will like, they'll want some part of your company or they'll want equity or something like that. So it's like the that. opposite of Shark Tank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they just want to help you get up and running, okay. you know, and they'll offer it for free. And so as long as you qualify, then they'll go through their whole program. They'll get you set up with all these resources. Um, and you can even use their space as like a co-working space. So you um, can just go in there and, and you know, use the Wi-Fi and have a quiet space to work. And it's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they, they – um, they offer it for free because they have all these partners in the community. The building and the land is paid for. They have no debt whatsoever. And then they um, they hold events there. So they rent out the event space. That's how they are a self-sustaining thing. And then they also um, they have business resources that also rent out space there and, and um, provide resources to the entrepreneurs too. Well, that's a very cool. Yeah. It's a that's really a very cool. cool. And it's a gorgeous building. Got a little yeah. Italian on you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. So if you want to learn more about it, um, their website is cs1893.com. Guessing that was when the building was built? Oh, good guess. Mm-hmm. I'm awesome. You're so smart. Hey, I need a gold star. You're the only one in the room that remembers it, so that's kind of not fair. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> no, so that's we're awesome. really happy to hold it there. It's, I think it's a perfect fit. You know, I think it's kind of funny to have it in an old church. And there, Do you know what kind of church it was previously? I don't. It wasn't LDS. Really? Um, yeah, no. But I don't know. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of stained glass in no, the No, and there's churches. like crosses and stuff. It, yeah. The Greeks, the, mm-hmm. the 
Greek Orthodox had a lot of influence in early Utah life. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking it was probably a Catholic. Yeah. It does it, somebody mm-hmm. was saying that they thought it looked more like Episcopal or something like that. Huh. Some kind of Protestant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to go and lick a window and tell you what flavor of Christianity it is. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Can we get a picture of that? <laughs> yeah. Or, or Maybe for promotional purposes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds yeah. like a great time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going it to be a, a fantastic awesome. event. We're excited about it. And there is still one last chance to get early bird tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... Mm-hmm. They are available. I that was done and over with. We yeah. lied. Faked you out. Yeah. Psych. Yeah. We're really nice and we're going to extend it just for a, a limited extra time. So January 31st is the last day you can get early bird tickets and they will, the membership is price Tuesday, Tuesday January yeah. 31st. Um, so member price is 70. Non-member is 80, and that is until January 31st. So get your tickets as soon as possible. Mm. And then February 1st, they go up to $80 for a member, $90 for non-member. And then there's an after-party price. We haven't um, added that yet to the website, but we will be adding it soon, and that is 25 for the after-party. So those people who are wondering if this is the same event they went to last year, it is. If you paid for the after-party last year, there will be an after-party price t- this year as well. So It sounds like this year's after-party will be better than than previous well, years, yeah. though. Like, I think it's all going to be better. Long time I think and... this is the kind of thing that just gets better every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how could it not with you guys helping in the planning, right? Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're welcome. <laughs> no, thank you both very much. This is awesome. Like I I haven't not that I've done much with the with the previous or past galas either, but I haven't wor- had to really worry much about any of this cuz you guys have just been doing it. And you're doing a fucking kick-ass awesome job well thanks thanks dan it's no, been thank super you. fun Fuck, to work guys. on so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we've been enjoying it. thank you so much for doing it <laughs> i appreciate it a shit ton <laughs> <laughs> anything else on it mm, i think that's the yeah. highlights yep. oh. it's gonna be amazing mm-hmm. well now let's talk Can't about you guys oh, oh wait we should oh. we should say that it is um like the attire is as formal as you would like. Also, costumes are totally welcome, but whatever you're comfortable in, we'd love to see you. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm going to get fancy about that. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking like sequins. I, I yeah, get as fancy I'm as I can on I've any opportunity. I've rented a tux for all of them. I'm sure I'll rent a tux for this one. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we've covered it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks again for, for doing all of that. That's, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Going back to the doctor the hypothetical doctor and the, and the astronomer. If you knew that one of the candidates that you're contemplating voting for believed that in the 19th century, a man called Joseph Smith dug up some golden tablets, <laughs> which, he, which he translated and then conveniently lost, <laughs> and translated moreover, although a 19th century man translated them into 17th century English <laughs> and lots and lots of other... And more, more importantly, unlike some of the... I mean, we also agree that the biblical stories are equally ridiculous, but the difference is we don't know they were written by known con men, but in fact he was yeah. a yeah. known felon. Yes. The next rant will start right after this. 
I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> and here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine. But if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? <laughs> Seems like a big waste of time to me. One of my favorite things about having guests is talking to them about their life prior to being an atheist and what led them to being an atheist now. Yes. Both of you have said that you are now atheists. Yep. But you were both previously LDS. You, Tamara, said that you left when you were about 23. Yes. You, Becca, said you left when you were 19. 19. Mm-hmm. So... Youngest one goes first. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so you were, I mean, were you super devout? Are your, is your whole family LDS? How does that all work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my parents were both converts to the church and they were really big into it. Uh, so yeah, all six of us kids were raised LDS. And what's that saying? Like nobody's more enthusiastic than the newly converted or Uh something like that. Yep. They were, they were really into it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I had questions. Growing up, you know, I, I wondered about evolution and fossils and women's roles in the church. Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And I never got really good answers. I never got answers that I was really satisfied with. But I kind of pushed that down and was just like, yeah, you know, whatever. It sounds like it's all good. So I kept trying. At least everybody's nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? <laughs> well... <laughs> And and I was um, raised outside of Utah until I was about eleven. Uh oh. Uh huh. And so we moved here uh, to Spanish Fork actually when I was about eleven, and um, the whole reckoning with Utah Mormons was really oh, yeah. tough. I I I mean I don't know because I don't really know any Mormons outside of Utah, but I've heard it's a big difference. Like oh yeah, being Mormon outside of Utah versus being Mormon in Utah is is a is a very big dynamic shift in mm-hmm. how they treat other people, how they view things, how they talk. Big time. How passive aggressive they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how welcoming they are. Yeah. yeah, and I was used to like uh Air Force bases where everyone's kind of coming and going and then I moved to Spanish Fork where it's like everyone knows everybody else since preschool. Yeah. Um so that was that was rough. So that, that actually made me question a little bit more when I saw the disparity. Um and so when I was 19, about, I moved um, up to Park City, and I was living with all these non-denominational Christians, uh, and they were there for the Olympics, actually. They were in Park City to preach the the word of the Lord at the Olympics. I've made up my own religion around <laughs> Jesus. You want to hear about it? <laughs> yeah. But they were actually really great people, and and that was the kind of thing that, that pushed me over the edge. It was like, these people are better than almost all the Mormons that I know, and <laughs> I just... I can't believe that that they're not going to... It's not the highest hurdle, really, though, <laughs> right? Like, a lot of the Mormons I know... Oh, 
a lot of the Mormons I know are fantastic people, but a lot of them are really shitty people too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't understand why these awesome people were not going to go to heaven because they weren't Mormon because they didn't believe the same things that, oh, right. that we yeah. were. They weren't going to go to the celestial kingdom or whatever. Yeah. Um. And and that was the the thing that 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 pushed me over the edge. I'm like, well, that's bullshit. And so then I started looking at all the other things with the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith and all that other shit and just kind of all went out the window all yeah. in for the course of about a year. Uh, and then I considered myself agnostic for a little while. And then um, mid-20s, I just, I don't know, I think I was reading uh, Hitchens' book or something like that and um, kind of pushed me over the edge to be full-on atheist. You're like, that's it, I'm done, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> Did you tell your family about it as you were going through or did you kind of like hold off for a while? And My family found out when I asked my mom to help me get birth control. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> mom, I want to start doing naughty things mm-hmm. or maybe it could happen and I want your help so that I don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And to my mom's credit, she handled that with as much grace as a Mormon mother could and <laughs> Hmm. Uh, helped me out, and she always has as supported much grace me. Some Mormon, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, and, and she 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 did it, and she was um, a certified nurse midwife, so she actually was like women's healthcare provider. So she's the one who got me the stuff, and uh, but of course she insisted that I get like the full STD panel beforehand, yeah, yeah. you know, because. It's pretty dirty when you have sex. <laughs> so, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a terrible thing. Though. No, no, no. no, no. I, I think that is a really good thing to do yeah. on a regular basis. But, you know, when you're like 19 and mm-hmm. I don't know. Was there any one thing that stood out to you specifically about the Joseph Smith story or the Book of Mormon thing? Because you, you said you started exploring that stuff and then that kind of that kind of shifted you toward or away from the church. Um, a lot of it was uh, the plausibility of the, the golden plates and the translation and um, just how it doesn't match up with history at all and, uh, you know, things yeah. like that. And then the the whole treasure hunting aspect of Joseph mm-hmm. Smith and the, the young wives and all of that. Fanny Alger. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's not so young. But- <laughs> I always thought that was a funny name. I know. That's the only one I remember, actually. <laughs> she was way older than him, though, right? She was like 60. What? Fanny Alger was, it, was She was 60. like 14. Was Fanny the young one? I think so. Pretty sure Fanny was 14. Okay. I don't know. Well, there was one that was way, way I just know her name was Fanny. <laughs> that's oh funny. That was, that's oh all God. I needed to know about it. Like, hey. That means butt. Unless <laughs> you're in the UK. But, yeah. Oh, if you're yeah. in the UK, it's totally different, which was which was a whole other level of funny to me yeah. this time. Uh, so you left the church, told your parents about it. Are they, are they totally cool with it? Are they, do they, do they weep and mourn for you turning away from the beloved church and wish that you would come back unto the fold and recognize Heavenly Father's love for you and go to the temple and marry a nice young return missionary. <laughs> well, yes, they do wish all of that for me, but they don't, they don't say that to me. Yeah. Um, they're, they're actually pretty cool about it, actually. And, and I yeah. wasn't the first one to leave the church in my family, which made it a lot easier. My big sister was a bit of a rebel and she was the oldest kid. And then my older brother was like, Growing pot in my mom's garden in high school, and <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I it was it was kind of old news by the time I decided to leave. 
So it made it a lot easier. That's they, helpful of them. Yes. They, they had learned <laughs> to accept that. that it was going to be a thing that could possibly happen to mm-hmm. more of their children. Mm-hmm. How many brothers and sisters have you got? There's six kids, three girls, three boys, and four of us have left the church now. So oh. we're winning. That's good. You're winning. <laughs> but like your parents have to be so heartbroken. Like, where did they go wrong? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, they, ask- they taught us how to think for ourselves. Oh, and- that's where they went wrong mm-hmm. if they wanted mm-hmm. to keep you in the church mm-hmm. for sure. Did they do they do they ever ask you why you don't believe? Like have you ever had a conversation about oh, it no. really? Like Mm-mm. we we avoid conflict in my family. Yeah. So yeah, we just don't talk about unpleasant things. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that happens in a lot of LDS families, I've yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah. a thing. Either they just don't talk about it or you're shunned and done and over and not a not a part of the family anymore. Yeah, luckily my family's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, much good. better to be like your family than to just Disown you and kick you out of the house, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you you went from at uh, Mormon, agnostic, now atheist. Were you you haven't always been? So you're kind of an activist, right? Like you're helping with the board of atheists of Utah. You're outspoken about it. You're. I'm guessing you don't hide the fact that you're an atheist no. to anybody. I think that it's important to like be an out atheist um, and to I don't know just let people know that that they know an atheist and that you're not a bad person and that you're just a regular old person, you know? I'm just a regular Joe, see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's important. And so I don't I, I don't hide that. Like, I'm an out atheist at work. A lot of people know that I'm planning the gala. And um, so, yeah, I think that's a, it's a big thing. And the more people that do live out and open about it, the better our movement will be. And the easier it makes for everybody else mm-hmm. who follows behind you, exactly. right? Exactly. The more comfortable everybody becomes with the idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and just like your other siblings who left the church before you made it that much easier for you to leave and to be out and for your parents mm-hmm. to understand that you weren't the spawn of Satan, that you weren't, yeah. you know, that you're not a terrible person, all those all those great things. So the more people that are out and open about it and people can recognize that, yeah, that just helps everybody else who follows behind. So. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's already out as well, because, you know, then then everybody can go, well, now I know two or three atheists, and this they're starting to surround me, and I don't understand. <laughs> it's not so scary. And I haven't yeah. died yet, and they didn't kill me. Yeah. Nothing terrible happened. They haven't happened. eaten any of my babies yet. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. We mm-hmm. have a good time at lunch together. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. They're good people. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't brought up the Smurfs once. <laughs> <laughs> yet. <laughs> All right. Now it's your turn, Tamara. Mm, okay. So you were 23 before you left the church. About that, yeah. Yeah. Did you grow You didn't grow up here in Utah. Well, you were born here in Utah, moved mm-hmm. away, and came back. Yes. Well, and what, how old were you when you moved away? Uh, I was about seven. So I, yeah. I lived in, I grew up in Vegas, and I was there from seven to 17. I did a short stint in Spokane. Um, and then I moved to Orem. <laughs> from from Vegas to Spokane to Orem. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, what took you from Utah to Vegas? My dad's job took me to all those places. So oh, yeah? he got what, transferred. What does dad do? He's a salesman. He sells um, like office equipment. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> that would have been really traveling great. Traveling Bible salesman would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, just boring old sales. Uh, so... so you come back, so you're Utah to Vegas to Spokane to Orem. Ugh. I know. <laughs> Matt, I feel that Liz, way. Matt lives yeah. there. Like to the nth degree. <laughs> uh, and so then you're in Orem. 
but you don't leave until you're 23. So what, what happened? How, well, first, how old were you when you moved back to Utah? I was 18. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a good five years in Utah before you're like, fucking I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and what happened during those five years? Did somebody hurt you? Somebody <laughs> did, did not hurt me. And were you smurfed? Did you just <laughs> want to sing? I, I got a little smurfed, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you just figure out that you wanted to sin? <laughs> yeah. We Sending talked about the short skirts. Great. Short skirts were really important to me. Um, no, so when I moved to Orem... Um, I mean, I was out of high school and all that stuff. So I didn't really have the same experience. Like my brothers and sisters had the same thing. I think that Becca had where it was just like huge culture shock and they went to school and were just like, what is going on? Everything is crazy. What and fucked up. Hell? Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have that. Um, I was just kind of adrift doing my own thing. Um, I got married and I was, I was very, very, religious i i did everything i followed every fucking rule i i i was on board for this shit (laughs) and i was super stoked to get married and go through the temple and find that ultimate truth because for me truth is the thing like that was always what the mormon church held for me is that they had absolute truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that's what i was looking for and then i got married and I went through the temple and I was like, fuck this shit. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? The misogyny in the temple is the thing that got me out. It's It got me started thinking. And then I started just reading. I re- read a book called Mormon Polygamy, hence the Fanny Alger reference. Okay. Um, and that was a big step for me where I was just like, oh, no, this is super fucked up. And I can't be on board with this. And then when that, you know, you get that one thing that pulls out and everything falls. Yeah. Um, and so you tug on that thread and it all just comes mm-hmm, undone. Comes undone. So I, I was doing a lot of research and my dad is actually a really highly intelligent, studious person. He and um, some of my aunts and uncles and some of his friends were searching for the ultimate truth and they went to some crazy places <laughs> in order to try and find it. Um, and so he has done even more research than I have. Um, and we both left the church at the same time, but separately, and we're so scared to talk to each other about it <laughs> because we were both so religious and so zealous, zealous that we were like, oh, shit, it's not true. How am I going to tell dad? And he's like, how am I going to tell Tamara? <laughs> wow. So one day we were just sort of like talking about stuff the way that we do. And it was kind of like, uh, what, what do you? What do you think about this thing over here? And he's like, well, I actually think this. And I was like, oh, me too. (laughs) Okay. And then we were just like super relieved and talked about everything. At this time, my brother was on his mission in Mexico. Oh. And he is even more zealous than we are. Well, he's just very enthusiastic. And he, um, we were so scared. Aren't all Mormon missionaries like, I'm super enthusiastic. <laughs> is this the train walk poop brother? This is the train walk poop brother. Ah. Um, so he was coming home in a couple of weeks and we were kind of trying to draw straws on who's going to talk to Ryan. <laughs> we're like, oh God, who's going to talk to him? Dad drew that straw, talked to Ryan when he got home. A couple of weeks later, he was out and drunk. Um, (laughs) my sister was never very much into it and both of my brothers eventually left i'm the oldest of five kids so um right now my mother's the only one who is religious and the rest of us are out and it's fucking awesome (laughs) so so is mom still very devout or yeah she is yeah she we don't don't have a whole lot of contact so yeah Mm. i don't understand that are your parents 
married? No. Oh, okay. No. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't understand how that could happen first that, you know, she would stay married to somebody who's not in, who's not in the church who could take her to the celestial kingdom. Yeah. Right. They did but that I, for a while. It was pretty rough. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's and I, good that they're apart. I, I've never understood why a woman would want to be in a church who treated her that way anyway. Me too. Yeah. Where the only, the only way that she could attain the highest level of heaven, regardless of anything she's done in her entire life, she cannot attain the highest level of heaven unless her husband calls her there. Yep. And it's his choice on whether he wants to do it. So yeah. she has to be subservient to him her entire life, their entire wedded lives together. She has to make sure that she doesn't piss him off enough that he's not just going to go, eh, fuck it, I'll get another one. Yeah. As far as I can tell, she feels like that makes her special. So because she's chosen or picked it's almost like a chivalrous type of notion where it's like you're special and taken care of she seems to have that but she has a really special talent for justification and mm. so um like she controlled most everything all the time anyways and so i don't think she felt like she didn't have power mm. uh you know and she I, felt I like oh motherfucker happens. you're gonna pick me yeah yeah i think that was kind of the, the thing like she she didn't worry about i that cook aspect. your food and can poison it more easily than you can think about so. i better be your first wife <laughs> yeah i've never understood how any woman can really be in the LDS church. Any any mm. self-respecting, free-thinking, thoughtful woman can choose to be a member of the LDS church because they're taught that they should be subservient and are lesser than men. Mm. And the, the church and the leaders try to spin it to be, oh, no, women have a place. It's a special place. Yeah. That's what I was taught. I, I always asked my mom, like, why can't women have the priesthood? And the response was that, oh, well, women get to create life and give yeah. birth. Mm -hmm. And so the priesthood is really just kind of like a consolation prize for the men because they can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just mm. like, that is bullshit. <laughs> Even when I was like 11, I knew that was bullshit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The interesting thing is I know so many intelligent, thoughtful women that are LDS. Mm -hmm. And and for me, you're right. It doesn't make sense to me That's at all. I, say, I, just, I don't get it. But there, there are so many fantastic, beautiful, powerful women in the LDS church. And mm -hmm. it, it doesn't quite jive. But, you know, whatever. Do yeah. your thing. I don't. I <laughs> love like, you anyways. Cognitive dissonance. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I don't, I don't understand how women are in the church. I don't understand how blacks are in the church. It makes no yeah. sense to me at all, but any religion really, especially mm -hmm. for women. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't think of one that it's not really just the Mormons. <laughs> yeah, by a I long mean, shot. Mormons is sort of on. Well, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> They're all pretty fucking bad. They're all pretty bad for women. I mean, at least Mormon women at some point were allowed to like give blessings and like there's, there's some things, there's a few little moments, especially with Joseph Smith, where they, they had a few small things that they were, they were given. And there's some other religions where they got nothing, you know, but mm -hmm. then they take it all away. And yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. at least there's not a, a culture of like, well, meh. I was going to say, I was going to say, at least there's not like a major culture of physical abuse like there's in like, Islam and, and yeah, some of the it's, it's certainly not as bad as those, but but there is still, I mean, well, it, I don't think it's a, it, it's, it's not, not an out culture. Systemic. It's something that is much yeah, more not, hidden. It's not accepted. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's something that's yeah. very much like 
on the outward side that you're not supposed to do that, right. even though it gets covered up in right. some places. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I think a lot of that type of abuse is, is nurtured and started by this whole idea that, you know, I'm, I'm the husband, I'm the Male head of the household. Yeah. And it really, if you want to join me in the celestial kingdom, you need to do what I'm telling you or else I'm just not going to call your secret name. So what had you never gone? I'm sorry. This just reminded me. I had a question mm-hmm. about going through the temple. So you said that going through the temple really freaked you out. Had you not gone through the temple at all before your? No, I had not. Before getting married? Yeah, you're not. Girls don't get to do that until they get married. Ah. I mean, if you go on a mission, you do. But So what in particular about the temple ceremony freaked you out? Um, or what freaked you out? I'm sure there were several points at it where mm-hmm. you're like, what the fuck? But what was it? What was the most damaging to you so for me was the endowment where um you watch the whole video about adam and eve and then eve fucks up god damn it eve and then women right (laughs) what do you do with them and then after that you all veil your faces and eve doesn't say like hardly anything except oh i'll follow whatever my husband says after that yeah it's basically that (laughs) so yeah like and then women are basically nothing and i've heard arguments that it's you know you're special and you're sacred and i'm just like fuck that no you're not (laughs) you know and that that was a big thing for me it was just like i am not less than any other person especially the men in this room i'm i'm not less than them just because Eve did the thing that she had to do, that she was like ordained to do, that nothing would have worked without her doing, and then we all don't get to talk anymore. That's just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that that really bothered me. Um, I did I did not enjoy that. One of the things I did not <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting enough, a lot of people really hate the washing and anointing where you get naked and right. Yeah. But for me, that was actually one of the best parts because it's one of the only places that women still get to bless. So women have the power to to give priesthood blessings in that very special circumstance and they bless all your body parts. And I actually really liked that part. I was like, oh, see this? And they start with that. So I was like, oh, yeah, here we are. Here here we go. Uh, like the truth is unfolding. Here's here's the real stuff. And then, and then it all went downhill was from like, there. Fuck, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, yeah, I, I left the church when I was really young, so I never... I don't think I ever even passed sacrament mm. was how young I was. Like, I left just after being baptized. So. Somehow I never did pass a sacrament, but I went to the temple. Hmm. I remember really? lusting after the boys that were passing the sacrament. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. That I was, was the only thing that made sacrament <laughs> meeting interesting. Huh, weird. I was always really judgmental of the way they were doing it. I was just like, no, you're not doing it right. You You are not being serious enough. This is a very sacred thing. (laughs) They always had the one kid who's like got hair sticking up over here and like half his shirt's untucked and his tie isn't like straight. You're like, dude, did you just barely get here? You're an (laughs) embarrassment. Or God forbid the colored shirt instead of the white. Oh, right, right, right. right. Wow. Well, thank you both very, very much for joining us this evening. Hey, you're it was welcome. fun. Yeah. It's been a whole lot of fun. I, I liked it very much. I'm so looking forward to the gala this year. Like, it's going to be so good. Too. I've been excited about past galas, but this one in particular, I'm like, you guys have done a great job, and I'm very excited to see fucking have f- at least five different entertainment things <laughs> and food <laughs> and drinks <laughs> at a great location and all of the, like, 
I can't believe how many people you guys have gotten to donate stuff. That mm-hmm. that alone is amazing because that has been a big struggle in the past, I know. So We've been working hard. Yep. Everybody needs to come and support all of the work that Atheists of Utah does. And Yay. Yeah. It's going to be and fantastic. And all the work that really you fun. two have done for Atheists of Utah. Thank you very much for doing it. Yeah. And thank you very much for coming on the show. You're thank welcome. You. And thank you all for listening to the show. Without Ryan here. We miss you, Ryan. You went away, and so now we can miss you. <laughs> yeah, we stayed on topic every time the entire night. It was weird. <laughs> Nobody said anything wildly inappropriate anyway. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for listening. Thank you all. Uh, thank you to our new uh, Twitter followers, Facebook page likes, people who have subscribed to us on YouTube, our Patreon patrons. Thank you all very, very much. Uh, thank you especially to Taylor and to Wes for being our first two Patreon patrons. That's still rolling. I still need to post more about it and add a button to our website and all kinds of shit like that. Work has just been... Well, it's been up a week, right? Yeah. Basically, so... Yeah. Yeah. I haven't... I have not been following their little instructions on if you want to be successful you need to do this this and this i did the first step and then i was like ah life got in the way (laughs) but it's out there and available i didn't get the first episode out much earlier than regular people get it on monday this one i will for sure so that people can have the benefit of getting tickets before and knowing that you need to get them because this is going to drop on monday for most regular listeners and for the for the wider audience on monday and monday then they'll the, only have the monday latest, right yeah then they'll then they'll only have monday and tuesday to get their tickets so yeah better get on it maybe i'll have to release this one a little bit earlier and still make sure that the patreon patrons <laughs> get it before even that so a whole bunch of stuff we should I'll definitely be, be talking about off the air editing <laughs> a lot, so uh but yeah thank you all very much dano out okay <laughs> How long have you been working on, dude? It's been like a know. year, and you've been trying to come up with a sign-off. Yeah. I'll, well, I, and I, I'll make fun of everyone. So just pick the one you like. What is your sign-off? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Fuck it. The show's over. <laughs> Goodbye. <Hooray. laughs> Does poop come across well? That's really important. Poop. <laughs> I'm not an expert on drawing little kids in, so I don't know. Mm, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You're, you need to get a rape van and then practice, practice, practice. <laughs>